The following program is presented by the Far East Broadcasting Company because stories of people living out the gospel with their lives inspire all of us. FEBC, taking Christ to the world through radio and new media. Learn more at febc.org. People have a vague understanding of what the Great Commission is about. They don't understand the, you know, super significance of crossing that finish line, what Jesus said in Matthew 24, 14. So that promise is coming true that we're getting very close to seeing these things happen. He has searched the scriptures for indications of the soon return of Jesus Christ. Author Doug Cobb joins us for this week's First Person. Welcome, I'm Wayne Shepherd, and we'll hear from our guest in a moment. Thanks for joining us for these interviews. Our purpose is to introduce you to people who are making an impact for the kingdom of God with their lives. You may not be able to catch every interview on the radio, so we've made it easy to listen online anytime by going to our website, firstpersoninterview.com, or by using our free smartphone app, First Person Interview. It's available in the Apple and Google Play stores. Doug Cobb is the founder and managing partner of The Finishing Fund, a group of donors who aim their donations at the completion of Jesus' Great Commission to reach the whole world with the gospel. Doug sees the completion of the Great Commission, as well as other signs in the Bible, of the soon return of Jesus Christ. He's written about it in a book titled, And Then the End Will Come. And Doug Cobb joins us now on First Person. I'm a businessman. My career has been in startups and growth companies, um, sometimes as a founder, sometimes as an investor. That's been a, a good career for me. Uh, I've been married 40 years to Gina, who is a Bible study fellowship teaching leader. Oh, I see. And if any of our if any of our listeners know BSF, that yeah. they know that means I'm married to a colonel in the special forces. <laughs> uh, we we have three grown children and two grandsons who are the delight of our lives. Those two little boys are so cute. Um, I find myself these days spending most of my time working on ministry efforts, either as an elder at my church or a, a Sunday school teacher, adult Sunday school, or um, in the ministry of the finishing fund and finishing the task, which really has become my my primary uh, endeavor. Yeah. Well, we are going to talk about the finishing fund, and we'll talk about a book that you recently wrote, which is just out. But let's talk about the Great Commission. I know this is a, a great passion of yours to see the Great Commission fulfilled because, well, let's talk about the because. Yeah, the, the because is, I think we're really close to seeing it completed. Um, Jesus, in the way he defined the Great Commission, gave us a finish line. He said that we should go and make disciples of all nations. Uh, and when he said nations, the, the word that's used there in the Greek to translate that is ethnos, E-T-H-N-O-S, it's a, a word we are familiar with. We have a number of um, English words that derive from that word, but uh, in the biblical understanding of ethnos, it describes a, a people group, a group of people who share a common language, heritage, ancestry, culture, geography. There's a number of characteristics. The experts tell us that there are something like 12,000 of those people groups scattered around the world, an amazingly big number. And uh, and that almost all of them now have disciples and churches in them. Only a few hundred remain hmm. that no one has ever been to with the gospel. Um, 
when I discovered that fact seven or eight years ago, uh, it became a, a you know, real uh, pivot point in my life. The idea that, you know, my generation, our generation might be the one to see that race completed has become a powerful motivator to me. Yeah. I think a lot of Christians understand that there's something connected to the completion of the Great Commission, but they really can't express what it is. Um, they, they really don't understand what the implications are. So let's spend some time talking about that. Yeah, it's it's really amazing. In, in Matthew chapter 24, people, even if they're not familiar with that chapter, they know about it because it's it's the chapter where Jesus um, answers the disciples' question, when are you coming back? And a lot of familiar things in there. If people have not studied it, they would recognize some of those things. But to me, the most um, powerful statement in that whole chapter is in verse 14, Matthew 24, 14. Jesus says, this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. There's that word ethnos again, all nations, and then the end will come. So in a chapter that begins with the disciples asking, when are you coming back? Uh, the answer he gives, the most definitive answer is in verse 14. He says, after you've finished the work I've given you to do of taking the gospel to every nation. So if it's true that we are really close to seeing the Great Commission race finished, uh, I think it may also be true that we're very close to opening the door to the return of, of Christ. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that be awesome? Yeah, and of course, you see many other clues in Scripture as well about that. We'll, we'll talk about some of those things because they made make the basis for your book, and then the end will come. But let's talk about, uh, you, you want to see this, we all want to see this Great Commission completed. We, we want to see it finished, and that's what the finishing fund is all about. But what's your vision here? What's, you're the managing partner, I understand? I am. I'm, I'm one of now 106 partners, and we've all contributed some of our resources to the fund. Um, the fund has a single mission. We write checks to support ministries who will send the first missionaries to a, an unengaged people group, a people group that nobody has ever been to before to tell them about Jesus. Um, we know, you know who, which those groups are. Uh, and that's the only thing we want to do. There's a lot of other good things in God's kingdom that people are doing. We celebrate all of that. But the thing God has put on our hearts is to drive that number of, of people groups uh, without any Christian witness to drive that number to zero as quickly as we can. In a sense, we're a little bit like a venture capital fund for this part of the Great Commission. We we're a fund. We entertain proposals from ministries that look kind of like startup business plans. We fund the ones that fit our our criteria, and then work with the ministries to you know help make those things make th- those projects happen. So we've been at this a little more than three years. We've helped fund now 450 engagements of different people groups, 450 different groups, and we've seen new believers now in about 325 of those, with with more coming all the time. It, mm-hmm. it has been an amazing adventure. Give me an example of uh, one of these organizations and what they're doing and how the Finishing Fund has helped them uh, with this task of reaching one of these people groups. Well, a, a great example, there's a um, ministry called Team Expansion. It happens to be headquartered right here in Louisville, where I live, which is coincidental. Um, they approached us with a plan for engaging all of the remaining people groups in the country of Laos. They came to us about three years ago with that idea. Uh, um, it was bold. There were 58 known unengaged people groups in the country of Laos three years ago, 58 known groups. We started that project with a research phase and found 
you know, not quite 58 more, but quite a few more groups that nobody had recorded before. Uh, Yeah, Laos is a very, very broken up country, very mountainous, um, very hard to travel from one place to another. So a lot of isolated groups in that country. And we've been working with Team Expansion and one other ministry as well over the course of those three years. And we're now at a place, we're in phase three, and I really believe that um, by later this year, probably every one of those 58-plus groups in Laos will be engaged with the gospel. There will be um, somebody in those groups who is professing Jesus, in most cases more than more than one. And is that a result of someone going to them, or is it reaching them with radio? How does that work? People are accessible to you know cell phones and radio around the world but most of the remaining groups are pretty isolated they're they're hard to reach and the method we've taken is a kind of right out of luke chapter 10 you know uh sending teams of two workers to go and seek a person of peace in uh, the village of a people group to engage them with the gospel and you know tell them about jesus um and so in one of the one of the kind of little known features of the this final lap work is that almost all of the workers that we're sending are indigenous workers. So in, in Laos, the men and women that are going to these last groups are all Laotians. Uh, they're all hmm. people who know Jesus, but they're Laotians. And for us, that creates two huge advantages. One is it's it's enormously more effective because those people have far fewer um, cultural hurdles that they have to cross to engage in an engaged group. They're not in the same culture with that group, but they're a lot closer to it than we would be if we were coming from America. And the work is more efficient because instead of spending hundreds of thousands of dollars to send an American family overseas, we can support a Laotian worker team at the level of Laotian wages. And so um, we have as a benchmark in the fund that for ten thousand dollars a year we can support two workers for three years so a total of thirty thousand dollars three years of engagement time uh, for those two workers that's pretty true around the world it's a little more in some places a little less than others but that's been a pretty good benchmark so remarkably efficient too with the use of the national church so as i understand it you're really targeting your funds and the funds of those who contribute with you you're targeting those funds for the actual completion of the Great Commission. That's your that's your one and simple goal, isn't it? It is. Uh, Rick Warren, who leads the uh, Ministry of Finishing the Task, um, uh, has a great um, uh, model for the Great Commission. I, I call it the Great Commission for Dummies. It helps me remember <laughs> the elements. He talks about the three Bs of the Great Commission. Um, you know, Rick's a good Southern Baptist preacher, three <laughs> points, and they have to alliterate, right? But three Bs. He talks about believers in every people group, the Bible in every language, and a body of Christ, a church in every place. And, you know, he says, well, we've done all three of those things. We will be very close to finishing the, the Great Commission, or really we will be finished. And I agree with that. I, I think that's a great, simple model. Believer in every people group, Bible in every language, body of Christ in every place. So we're really focused on that first B, and I think that's the closest of the three finish lines we believe by God's grace that it's possible that that every people group, all the ones we know about, will be engaged with the gospel by the end of next year, by the end of 2022. It, it may take a little longer than that, but that's our that's our ambitious goal. But even the other two goals aren't very far away. The the good men who are working on Bible translation, good men and women who are working on that, 
have set 2033 as their goal for um, the uh, Bible being in every known language on earth. And the folks that are focused on church planting, um, again, great men and women working on that, are working on a goal of church within walking distance of every person. And one organization has a 2025 deadline for that accomplishment. So even if you broaden out the Great Commission a little bit to include all three Bs, we're not more than you know 10 or 12 years away from seeing that completed. Our guest is Doug Cobb of The Finishing Fund. We'll continue talking about the signs of Christ's return in a moment. Hi, I'm Ed Cannon, the president of the Far East Broadcasting Company, and I'd like to invite you to join us on our podcast, Until All Have Heard, where Wayne Shepherd and I will take you on a virtual tour around Christian ministry in the most unreached places in the world to see what God is doing through the ministry of the Far East Broadcasting Company. So listen to the new weekly podcast, Until All Have Heard, from FEBC. Listen at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and other podcast platforms, or go to febc.org. My guest is Doug Cobb. Doug is managing partner of the Finishing Fund, and we'll put information about this, of course, in our program notes at firstpersoninterview.com. Doug is also the author of a book called And Then the End Will Come. It's subtitled, The Completion of the Great Commission and Nine Other Biblical Clues that Jesus is Coming Soon. And Doug, as you know, I've not only read the book, but I narrated the book for you, so I know what's in this book. It's fascinating. And I want to talk about the uh, the clues that you find in Scripture. It's not just the completion of the Great Commission that are markers for the coming of the Lord. And, and, and by the way, let me also mention that you don't hear a lot about that these days, do you? There seems to be a a, uh, a a time period here where we've kind of lost interest in in focusing on the return of Christ. And I, I really hope that this book will bring some of that back, of course. I think, you know, first, Wayne, thank you for doing a great job narrating the book. It's fantastic. I really appreciate you doing that. Um, I think that, um, you know, the, um, the church is kind of scared away from talking about this topic. You know, if most people, the maybe the most familiar verse about the return of Christ is from Matthew 24, verse 36, which says, but about that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Yeah, we hear a lot about that. Right. And so the idea is, you know, we can't know when this is going to happen, so why should we spend any time or energy working on it or trying to figure it out? And I would, you know, I, I believe that what that says is true, that you can't know the day or the hour. And even in my book, I don't even try to pick a year. I think that's a fool's errand. I, I don't think it's possible to to know that. I think it, it's counter to Scripture. But there are plenty of other places in Scripture where Jesus talked about us being able to know the season of his return. In fact, in that very same chapter, Matthew 24, he talks about, you know, he says, when you see these things happening, you'll know that the you'll know that it is near. You'll know that the day is is near. And so, for me, the way it, where it went was I, I discovered the opportunity that we might be the generation to finish the Great Commission, and I discovered the promise of Matthew 24, 14 that ties Jesus' return to that completion. And then I just was curious, are there any, is there anything else in the Bible that might lead me to, you know, might kind of second that nomination, that, you know, confirm that promise of Matthew 24, 14? And began a process of studying that and looking for it and in fact found that there are you know a number of other clues that seem to all point toward the return of Christ in the you know the near future in the next decade or so 
And, of course, we won't be able to get into all the details that you do in the book. That's not our purpose here. But uh, give us just a little taste. Give us a little example of what you're talking about. Well, some of these are, um, you know, things that people may have heard about before. Um, One we talk about in the book is the regathering of the nation of Israel as a sign of the end times. It's an amazing prophetic, um, uh, you know, fulfillment for this country of people who were conquered and scattered literally around the world, treated as a persecuted minority for hundreds and hundreds of years, and that they held their identity is just remarkable, but then to be regathered into their ancestral homeland again is really preposterous. It's so unexplainable that it really has to be a a miracle. But, But even more than that, the remarkable thing is, is that throughout God's word, he said he would do this. He repeatedly promised that he would regather the nation at the end uh, of time. And then Jesus, again in Matthew chapter 24, appears to link to that idea when he talks about the fig tree, which is a biblical symbol of Israel, and the the, the regathering, the greening of the fig tree as a sign of his return. And so, you know, we live in a day, we take this for granted, Israel's been around most of our lifetimes, but for most of history, that was an impossibility, people thought, uh, that it would ever happen. We've seen it fulfilled, and we're now 70-some years out from that. Um, you know, we're getting very close to the end of the generation that saw that happen. Right. A lot of people think that's an important sign of the, you know, the end of time. Yeah, incredible. Well, again, there's so much more detail in this book, and then the end will come. But um, in light of the fact of the soon return of Christ, and even so, come Lord Jesus, what are the implications for us living today? I mean, we do need to go about our lives at the same time. We do. And, you know, if you saw how I live my life day by day, I'm working hard on this Great Commission challenge. But, you know, I've, I've got savings. I've, I've got a retirement plan. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think it's sensible to do that. Um, but I do think you know, the Bible is very clear that, um, you know, we want to be prepared for the return. And if it's true that we may be the generation to see that happen, I, I think there's two implications in that. One is that we should be incredibly encouraged and joyful that we may get to see things that, you know, Christians for thousands of years have longed to see and have, have not seen. I think it's actually a great antidote to the discouragement that a lot of people are feeling these days because of politics and culture and the mm-hmm. things we see around us. Things seem to be in such a mess. Um, actually, much of that is predicted biblically as being, you know, a part of the of this process leading to the return of Christ. And if we can just look past that a few years, there are such amazingly wonderful good things to come that it's very, very encouraging. I. I have found that to be to be true. Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, therefore we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, because what is seen is temporary and what is unseen is eternal. I've been trying to discipline myself more and more to, to do that. But the Bible also says not only should we be excited about that, but we need to prepare ourselves. Um, you know, over and over again, it gives advice about how we should be living. My per- personal favorite verse about that is in 2 Peter chapter 3. Peter starts that chapter talking about the coming uh, judgment, and he asks a rhetorical question in light of that, what kind of people ought you to be? He says, we should live holy and godly lives looking for and speeding or hastening the coming of the day of God. So four things that he calls for people to be doing as they see the, the day coming. 
living holy. That means set apart, different from the culture. Godly, that's the fruit of the Spirit. That's more and more looking like Jesus in our lives. Looking for, that's being eager and excited about the coming of this day. Um, and then the last one, hastening its coming, hmm. which is a little bit of a mystery. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in that, uh, uh, until you link it back to where we started the conversation, which is the completion of the Great Commission. You know, here we are, the generation that has the, the potential to fulfill that. And one thing, there may be other answers to this question, but one thing that I have clearly, you know, come to see is that one way we can hasten the coming of this day is to move toward that finish line as fast as we we can. That's really become kind of a life verse for me, you know, um, trying to prepare myself and work as hard as I can to see that see that happen. Well, Doug, I know after reading your book, uh, it's caused me when I go through the scriptures now to not gloss over those clues that you find, but to kind of camp out there a little bit and think about because of the attention you've drawn to it in your book. So that's that's a great uh, thing that comes out of uh, reading your book. Now, you've been teaching this in, in Sunday school classes, do I understand? Well, I've been I've been teaching a um, an adult Sunday school class at my church here in Louisville, a Southeast Christian Church, for the last 20 years. And so I have a group of dear friends that have been journeying through life with us. It's a great gift from God to us. And they were so kind last fall to let me teach the book to them when it was still in its kind of infancy in the draft or early early stages, that was incredibly helpful, uh, you know, to be able to teach through it like that. You find a lot of things when you, when you teach it out loud. Um, but they have been so encouraging and so kind about, uh, about the book. Let me, let me teach it to them. I bet it prompted a lot of questions and, and, uh, conversations, didn't it? It, it does, you know, um, you know, if you want somebody to think you're a kook, write a book about Jesus coming back, right? That, that's kind of yeah. You want to flip through the pages and right? find the where? Where's the date he's predicting here, huh? <laughs> right, right. And um, but you know, I just felt like God had really put it on my heart. It, literally, there was a day last July when um, you know, I had these notes in front of me about these things I'd been researching, and I just felt like God telling me you need to write this down. And um, so I set about to do that and and got busy with it. I get to talk to a lot of people, Wayne, about the Great Commission and about you know, where we stand with respect to it. And and I find that almost no one is aware of these things, um, that you know, people have a vague understanding of what the Great Commission is about. They don't understand this these finish lines that we talked about. They don't have any idea how close we are to it. They don't understand the, you know, super significance of crossing that finish line, what Jesus said in Matthew 24, 14. So, you know, if nothing else, I want people to understand those things. But then these other clues just to me seem to be confirmatory, you know, that that promise is, is coming true, that we're getting very close to seeing these things happen. It is impossible to talk about the return of Christ without getting excited about that soon day. Our guest has been Doug Cobb, whose book is titled, And Then the End Will Come, subtitled The Completion of the Great Commission and Nine Other Clues that Jesus is Coming Soon. We'll place a link to the book, including the audio edition I narrated, at firstpersoninterview.com. A special word of thanks to the Far East Broadcasting Company for supporting First Person as we tell stories of God at work in the world. FEBC takes care to always broadcast in the local language, training local staff who can clearly communicate the gospel to their friends and neighbors. Learn more by listening to FEBC's radio program, FEBC Today, and the podcast until all have heard. Both are available at febc.org. The podcast also at Apple Podcasts and other podcast portals. Now, with thanks to my friend and producer, Joe Carlson, 
I'm Wayne Shepherd. Thanks for listening to First Person. 